Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Santa. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you on a Silver Linings edition yet again, unfortunately for the Hornets, as Charlotte falls 111-100 last night in the Windy City of Chicago. Hornets now 6-13 on the season. Had a little bit of a late surprise on the injury report, unfortunately. No Mark Williams last night, and that was a big issue. We're going to talk about that here a little bit later on. We're also going to talk about the game in general and also our Silver Lining performers as well. And helping me out on all of these topics, as is usually protocol on these away games, is the one and only lead writer of Hornets.com. Sam Pearly. Sam, thank you for joining me on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. I feel like we haven't talked to each other in quite a while here on the HHC between having multiple days off and having a couple of home games in there in between. Well, first off, as always, thank you for having me. I think I was last on maybe in the midway point of the last road trip in New York, which was unfortunately another loss. So I took the night off for the last win, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully it's not me right now. Yeah, there's a lot of factors going into this one for the Hornets right now. Again, 111-100 losers last night in Chicago, and it wasn't really anything particular that got the Hornets off to a bad start other than the three-point shooting. Charlotte in the first half was 2 of 18 from beyond the arc. I think at one point, they were, I want to say they were about 2 for 21 from three, but did not shoot the ball particularly well especially there in that first half. But as crazy as it sounded, the Hornets were only down four at halftime. They were down three after the first quarter. They were down four after two quarters of play, despite shooting just two of 18 from three. That was 11.1% if you're in the percentages. As Charlotte was able to claw into this one, they were down by as many as 16 there in the first half. 
They came back. They were able to make a game of it. However, uh, third quarter went a little bit sideways for what it's worth as Chicago ripped off a 9-2 run to start the first couple of minutes of the third quarter. The Bulls ended up closing the third quarter on a 14-4 run in the final three minutes and one seconds. And the Hornets were down 83-64 after three quarters of play as Charlotte was uh, shooting at about a 38% clip there in the third quarter alone. Chicago shot 57% from the field in the third frame and that kind of propelled them across the finish line as the free throw disparity was a big one in the game last night. Bulls shoot 23 of 29 from the charity stripe. Charlotte was perfect. That's the good news. Bad news is the Hornets only went to the free throw line 12 times in the game. DeMar DeRozan on his own went to the free throw line 14 times for what it's worth as well. So the fouling has continued to be a little bit of an issue here for the Hornets as just in the second half in general, Chicago goes to the charity stripe uh, a lot. They go to the free throw line there in that second half, a whopping 18 for 22 in the second half alone. So anytime that a team is able to basically go to the free throw line more times than you did basically the entire game. I mean, they did go 10 of 12 from the free throw line. Chicago did in that fourth quarter when the Hornets were just 12 of 12 in general. That's not a recipe for success. So overall, just a lot of things not going right for the Hornets last night. I talked about it a little bit at the open as well. No Mark Williams. He was out with a lower back contusion. So Nick Richards got the first his first start since the end of last season. His first start of the season as well. Played okay. I mean, he was a little bit rusty there at times. Steve Clifford mentioned that after the game yesterday. Yesterday, but all in all, just not a great night for the Hornets. Gordon Hayward had a good night. We'll talk to, about him a little bit later on. I'm sure he finishes with 19 points in the first half, 27 total, which is a season high and was a team high in the contest. But again, just too many things going wrong for the Hornets in the game last night. It felt like Sam. Yeah, and it definitely felt like once you know it started the game and the shooting was was the biggest issue. Like you said, they started two of two of 18 or two of 20, and uh, by the time it started to hit some shots a little bit, it became the turnovers and then. You know, throughout the game, there was rebounding and fouls, and it wasn't. I think you hit it the nail on the head. There wasn't really like a pinpoint. This is, you know, this particular reason was a major. You know, the reason they lost. It was a little bit of, uh, you know, falling short in several different areas, combined with having a couple key guys out that kind of all blended together to a, a tough 11-point loss in Chicago. But uh, yeah, if you're asking me a person, I think it was the first half shooting. Was, was kind of a big issue, and once the shooting got going and they tried to get the pace going a little bit more, turnovers became an issue, particularly in that third quarter. I think they had six, and then just feeling on the foul stuff, a lot of it, I think, came in transition, guys out of position, having to foul, recovering. I mean, the Bulls did a good job of kind of controlling the flow of that game, so... Um, yeah, a little bit of a, a hodgepodge of different things going wrong for sure. Let's go ahead and focus on the good a little bit for what it's worth. And I think a lot of that came there in that final five, six minutes of that second quarter. The Hornets closed the second quarter on a 15-3 to run over the final about five minutes and 18 seconds. And I don't know if it was more so the Hornets clamping down on defense. It certainly felt that way to a certain extent, but there was also a little bit of a cold streak there for Chicago as well. The Bulls were 0 for their last 10 field goal attempts in that second quarter for what it's worth but again able to heat up there in that third quarter like I mentioned 57 percent from the field there in the third frame alone they did go cold though for what it's worth also in the fourth quarter 32 percent from the field just two of six from beyond the arc in that fourth quarter as well Hornets outscored Chicago 36 to 28 in that final stanza 
I'm not going to say that it was one of those situations where the Hornets didn't lose a the game. They just ran out of time. It certainly felt like they lost the game by far. But there was a stretch there for maybe one to two minutes in that fourth quarter where the Hornets were trying to claw back into it. I think they got it within nine or so. And you're thinking, okay, they got a little bit of an outside chance here. But again, it just felt like inopportune times to go cold shooting from the field. And when you do that, it just there's nothing you can really do about it, Sam. I mean, especially in a game where you only go to the free throw line 12 times, you can't even say, all right, attack the rim, try to draw some foul calls and go to the free throw line and hit a couple of free bunnies to at least try to get something going offensively. I mean, it felt like Charlotte couldn't even do that as well. So I know that Chicago is one of the best teams when it comes to protecting the paint, and the Hornets were able to score 52 points in the paint. So easy for me to say because it was only 100 points that the Hornets scored. 52% of the point production came from inside the painted area, which is usually a little bit below average for the Hornets. I think they averaged about 56, 57 paint points on the season. But at any rate, they were still able to win that paint presence. It just feels like at the end of the day, Charlotte goes 10 to 37 from beyond the arc, 27% from three-point land. Even if they shoot the average in the NBA, even if they shoot 33, 34%. It just felt like if they were able to get a couple of threes to go down there, they definitely had more than a puncher's chance in this game. Yeah, I think not having LaMelo and Mark, the combination of the the two, just it really kind of had a ripple effect throughout the offense. I think you don't get that paint production. You're not running as much pick and roll. We obviously saw the turnovers be a little bit of an issue. Uh, and when you're forced to run smaller lineups like the Hornets were last night when they didn't have Nick Richards on the floor and they're playing T.J. Washington at the five or Miles Bridges at the five, the incentive of having – you know they were forced to they were forced to have those smaller lineups just by circumstance. But one of the benefits of is you can space the floor a little bit more, and if you're knocking down shots, it can really get the offense going. When you're not knocking down shots, and you're also kind of getting beat on the glass at the other end, they gave up 21 offensive rebounds. Like it's almost like they didn't get the benefits of having two downsides their lineup just out of necessity because the shooting just wasn't there. And it, I think it was just one of those nights. I mean, they've been shooting the three ball actually pretty well the last couple of weeks. I think they were close to the league lead in percentage over the last 10 games, top 10 in makes. And I think they just had good looks and they, they just couldn't get them, couldn't get them going. Like I said, I think Chicago controlled the flow of this game really well. Uh, their pace is, I think, the slowest in the league and it's just it can it can be a little bit of a challenge to kind of do things the way you want to do but yeah the fourth quarter you know I think they got it within striking distance I think it was eight with 418 left and they actually had the possession missed pull up Kobe White had the transition layup that uh, PJ got defensive goaltending on which I think they reviewed or took off the board and then uh, another empty possession, and then they uh, hit a couple shots, and that was it. I think like a little 6-0 run after they got it to 8 was just enough to kind of keep the Hornets at bay. One more thing that I'll touch on before we move on on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta is I think the other reason or the other big problem from the game last night was just because of having the downsize. There's advantages to it, don't get me wrong. I mean, Golden State does it really well when they downsize and they go to a small ball five and they're able to space the floor a little bit more. But the other thing, too, is you're very susceptible to the rebounding margin and that was a big one in the game last night. Chicago out-rebounded Charlotte 57-42 to but the bigger thing was the second chance points opportunities. The Bulls ended up with 16 offensive boards and they got 21 second chance points off of those rebounds. Now I know there were a couple there where there was a situation where I want to say Andre Drummond just felt like he was padding the stats where he kept tapping it against the backboard trying to get that offensive rebound and it was finally one on like the fourth or fifth try so I don't know how they were able to at least score that in the stat book for what it's worth but again the thing that 
stood out to me the most was probably those offensive rebounds, second chance point opportunities. The Hornets did have 12 offensive boards of their own, but it only resulted in 12 points. So, I mean, anytime you're able to get 21 offensive rebounds, I, I feel like if you just take advantage of them just even a little bit, which certainly the Bulls did. I mean, they scored 16 second chance points, so it's not like they scored 40 or anything like that. It's not like they scored on every single offensive rebound, but there were a lot of opportunities there for when a defense breaks down, even if it was a third chance opportunity, if you were able to go super analytical on this or anything like that. I don't even know if they do that in the NBA, but even if it went back to like a third opportunity, just the defense is broken down. There's more opportunities around the hoop. And that's where I felt like this game got away a little bit from Charlotte in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, if you look at Chicago, they entered the game, like I said, I think they were last in the NBA in pace. So they, you know, do things at their own speed. And, and when they're constantly getting, you know, extended possessions, I mean, you just don't have the ball for that long. I mean, that's what it kind of all boils down to. The Hornets just didn't get the ball a lot. They didn't get a lot of, you know, easy transition opportunities. They don't have their starting point guard. They don't have their starting center. Um, and, and it kind of circles back to, again, Chicago was just able to control the game by just dragging out these possessions, even if they weren't necessarily scoring on these second chance opportunities all the time, you know, only going six to 16 um, off the 21 offensive rebounds. They just, they have the ball a lot in their possession. It's, I, I don't know what it is in football. You know, they do, they, they break down the uh, time of possession at 35 and 25. I would feel like Chicago just had the ball a lot this game and the Hornets just couldn't really get things in gear and play their offense the way they wanted to because they just they couldn't get those defensive rebounds they were downsized a lot and just a tough one tough matchup given the circumstances and and again you know Chicago forced them to play their style and the Hornets just unfortunately couldn't adapt. Hornets fall last night in the Windy City 111-110 next chance tomorrow against the Toronto Raptors at home. You can get your tickets at Hornets.com or through the Hornets app for that one. Coming up next here on the HHC we're going to talk about our silver lining performances that comes next right after this break here on the Hornets Hivecast. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Silver Linings edition of the HHC. Rob Longo and the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley, with you after Charlotte Falls in Chicago last night, 111-110. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, basically the lion's share of the points for the Hornets last night. Both players north of 20 miles. Bridges chipped in with 16 points of his own. Brandon Miller had 12 in a starting role. Nick Richards only had 6 points, but he did have 11 rebounds in his first start of the season as well. So a lot of things to take into consideration for our silver lining performances, but as the guest of honor, I will always defer to Sam Perley, who is your silver lining performer from last night's game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward. Season high tying 27 points on 10 of 18 shooting. Hit a couple of threes. Was perfect from the line on five attempts had four rebounds, four assists, two steals, uh, and also put a block. He finished as a plus two as well over 35 minutes. I mean, he was really the only reason they were even in this game at halftime. I think he had 19 points in the first half, 12 in the first quarter. Uh, Both those were season highs season high for a half and season high for first quarter. Uh, So I thought he was really good, stayed aggressive, got a little, I think went through a little bit of a cold spell there in that third quarter where the Hornets just didn't have a lot of shots because they were turning the ball over and kind of helped a little bit there as they tried to push towards the end. But um, that was his 620th point, uh, or excuse me, 620-point performance of the season and only the second time the Hornets have lost this year since Gordon Hayward scores 20 points. So I uh, thought he was really, really good and a major reason why the Hornets were even within striking distance halftime in this one. Wraparound passes, Schmidt pick up, open look for Hayward. He passes on it into the contact with the right hand. Shot is good. Cannon in the foul. Gordon Hayward drives and finishes, building on his game best, 14 points now. And again, Gordon finished the first half with 19 points off a 7-12 shooting. He finishes the night 27 points like you mentioned. And, I mean, he got it going early on. I thought that he was just basically going to be a one-man wrecking crew out there the way that the first about, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes went. At one point there early on, the Hornets were down three with about five minutes left to go in the first quarter. It was 18 to 15, so not a big sample size, but already at that point, Gordon had nine points and an assist. Percentage-wise, that's 73% of the offense right there that he was able to account for. So again, big first quarter for Gordon, 12 points, four of eight from the field in the first 12 minutes of the game. And it kind of kept Charlotte in this one, more or less. I mean, they were down three at after the first quarter, like I talked about, they were down four going into the locker room after Gordon scores another seven in the second quarter. So he was keeping the team afloat before guys like Terry Rozier were able to come and bring the cavalry along a little bit. But Gordon Hayward certainly a good pick for silver lining performances in last night's game. For me, I'm going to go with the running mate that I just talked about. That's T-Row, Terry Rozier. DeRozan, pick and roll with Vucevic. Tries to slide to Vucevic, ball is tipped. Terry Rozier sneaks in from behind. He's got the steal. He will score and score. Throws it down with two hands. And it's now 48-43. to 43. Yeah, T-Row last night, he finished this with 25 points. It's his third consecutive game that he goes north of 20 or more. Uh, ever since he's come back from that injury, I know LaMelo Ball went out of the lineup, but he's just kind of kicked it into another gear as he continues to be the lead point guard on this team. He finishes 25 points, like I mentioned, 10-24 from the field. The problem was the three-point shooting, and that was a big problem for everybody. He was just 1-11 of 11 from beyond the arc last night, 
Four for four at the free throw line. That was good. Five rebounds, seven assists as well. Also able to facilitate. Did get two blocks in there as well and a steal. So he's definitely playing both ends of the floor. And by the way, he barely came off the floor. He finished with 40 minutes in the contest last night. That was right along Miles Bridges. Miles played 40 minutes in the game. Brandon Miller was third on the team in minutes. He played 39 minutes in the game last night as well. But again, like I said just a few moments ago, Sam, just what Terry Rozier has done over the last three, four, five games, ever since LaMelo Ball was out of the lineup, we've seen what Terry has been able to do in a lead ball handler role, especially last year because LaMelo missed so much time towards the end of the season. So we know what he's capable of, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't make it any less impressive. Yeah, I thought he was really good last night. And and you could tell that uh, you know, when the whole team's not shooting well or it's, it's a few guys, it's going to have trickle-down effects to everybody. You know, the opposing team is going to adjust who they have to guard and things like that. And, uh, you know, he stuck with it. You know, I know it kind of came, the game was maybe kind of out of hand there in that fourth quarter. I know they made a little bit of a run at it and before, you know, the Bulls pulled away. But I think Terry had 14 in that fourth quarter, and he was like five of nine shooting. So good to see him get going. Good to see him stick with it. Um, you know, he, he is you know, playing really well, you know, as the point guard, it's a, it's a huge, uh, you know, luxury to have a, you know, really good two guard that can slide over to that point guard spot. And, you know, uh, Steve Clifford made a point the other day at practice before they left for Chicago that, you know, we forget that this guy was the starting point guard on the team that went to the Eastern Conference playoffs or excuse me, Eastern Conference finals a few years ago with Boston. I mean, this is not uh, an inexperienced player at this position by any means, you know, it's, it's, going to have some challenges obviously kind of going back and forth but you know he, he's doing everything the Hornets could have hoped for in more as they wait for LaMelo Ball to come back so uh, you know it's good to see Terry going the scoring looks to be right where it was before he got hurt I think in his 10 games this year I think he scored over 20 points in all but one of them just had 11 last week in New York so scoring's been great you know and I think just first half I, I kind of just chalked that up to everybody was a little bit cold so that's where Zaddy was awesome last night, for sure. Again, Hornets fall 111 to 100. A little shorthanded, but that's been the same song and dance for, well, about a year and a half now for this Hornets team, unfortunately. But again, 111 to 100, your final score from Chicago last night. Hornets are now 6 and 13 on the campaign. Coming up next, this might be a little controversial, but I'm willing to wade into the water. We'll see if Sam Perley pulls me out or not. Mark Williams, not in the lineup last night. Obviously, LaMelo Ball not in the lineup either with that ankle injury. Which one was more significant? It might surprise you. I'm going to tell you next here on a Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Longo and Sam Purley of Hornets.com wrapping up this edition of the HHC, putting a button on it, if you will, after Charlotte Falls 111-110 in Chicago last night. And Sam, I always love a good radio tease, so I'm going to go ahead and just dive right into this again Mark Williams, this one crept up a little bit later on the injury report over the last day or so where he was listed as questionable with a lower back contusion. He did not go in the game last night. It was his first game that he missed all season as well. And now no Hornet has played in all 19 games so far this season. Someone has missed them, whether it's been injuries or just a general absence for what it's worth. So Mark was the last kind of uh, soldier to fall, if you will, to the injury bug here in the Hornets' long line of injury reports. But unfortunately, it is what it is. Hornets had to power on throughout the game without him. Hopefully he's back in the lineup tomorrow. I can't imagine that this is a long-term thing. Don't want to speculate. But at any rate, back to the point that I'm trying to make here. LaMelo Ball has been out for a handful of games now with that ankle sprain. But with all things considered, especially in that game last night in Chicago, I personally believed that the Mark Williams injury was a little bit more significant than the LaMelo ball injury. Am I already crazy by saying that, Sam, or can I go ahead and explain myself? Uh, I will let you have this. You go ahead and explain yourself, and I will do my best to counter your argument. Well, it's an easy argument to counter, obviously, because LaMelo Ball, former Rookie of the Year, all-star player, cornerstone of the franchise. I mean, everything and anything can go to LaMelo Ball's namesake for what it's worth. But for me personally, when I look at what happened in the game last night in Chicago, that's a big matchup at the center position. Nikola Vucevic, and then you got a guy that might more than likely be in the Hall of Fame one day. That's Andre Drummond coming off the bench. I know he's on the back nine of his career, but he continues to put up impressive numbers. He goes last night out there for only seven points, but he does pull down nine rebounds, and a lot of those coming on the offensive glass as well. He had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. He had five offensive boards for what it's worth. So this is the point that I'm trying to get to here. The Hornets right now, with the way that the roster is and the way that the health is, in last night's game, they only had one true healthy center in Nick Richards. And again, keep in mind too, Nick Richards hasn't played a lot lately because he had to go into concussion protocol. He's working his way slowly back too. So I'm not saying that the Hornets didn't have a singular fully healthy center, but they have one working his way back from injury and one was out. So after the game, Steve Clifford said that Nick Richards is still trying to get back to 100%. Nick hasn't played much lately, so I felt like he was better, you know, the more the game went on. 
you know, he was a little rusty early. In yeah, and again, that's going to happen when you have guys coming back from injury. It's not like when LaMelo Ball comes back from his ankle sprain, he's going to go out there and all of a sudden he's going to drop 35, 40 points. be a lot cooler if he did, but that's just not the reality of the situation. That's probably more than likely not going to happen. So when you take a look at what happened in the game last night, all things considered, Andre Drummond coming off the bench when the Hornets had to go small. Andre Drummond, a plus 10 out there on the plus minus. Nikola Vucevic, he finished a plus 2. Not as impressive, but he played the lion's share of the mid. He played 34 minutes. Drummond only played 14. But out there in the first half, he was a big difference maker. And furthermore, my other point here about why it was so significant is Mark Williams has the highest offensive rating this season of any player in the NBA. Now, this might be a little bit of a reach because it's a little bit more of an advanced stat. How do you calculate offensive rating? It's a really complex formula, but the long and the short of it is it's the number of points produced by a player per 100 possessions. That is the basic definition of offensive rating. There's a huge formula that goes into it. I'm not going to get into it. If you're that curious, you can look it up. You can Google it. It'll pop right up. But Mark Williams has the highest offensive rating this season at 140.6. The other people behind him, Tyrese Halliburton, 138.5. Tyrese Halliburton is having a phenomenal season already. Don't get me wrong. Behind him, Obi Toppin, 133.5. I personally think that one's a little inflated considering he's out there on the floor a lot with Tyrese Halliburton, but that just maybe goes to show that they are a very good tandem together. Maybe that's why Mark's offensive rating is a little inflated, maybe because of his running mate with LaMelo Ball as well. But again, LaMelo has missed some time here as of late, So Mark Williams being the higher efficiency player with that higher offensive rating personally makes me feel like, especially because of the matchup of the bigs in Chicago last night, that the absence of Mark Williams was more important. Okay, I will counter, and if we're going specifically just looking at the Bulls game, it feels like... If I had to pick one thing that I really wanted to like, if I could just like flip one stat, I think it was the turnovers. I think if you could have had more, gotten the offense going a little bit more and gotten, let's just say you had LaMelo and, you know, hopefully the turnovers go down a little bit more. You can pick up the pace a little bit more. You can get Chicago out of doing what it does so well, slowing down the game and things like that. And, um, you know, it's a good point with Mark because the, the paint scoring, uh, was tough for the Hornets last night. You know, they, they just didn't have, you know, Patrick Williams and, and Drummond and Vucevic. They just packed the paint and it forced the Hornets to kind of take all these three point shots that they just weren't able to hit. So just me personally, I'm not a huge believer in individual offensive rating and defensive rating. I look at that for teams and stuff like that. I think when you have it adjusted to players, I think there's other stuff to kind of look at cleaning the glass. Uh, ESPN's real plus minus whenever that comes out where it looks at you know a number of different factors but I think if you're looking at solely last night I think LaMelo would have really helped from just a pace and turnover and kind of getting the offense going a little bit more which I think was the bigger issue I know rebounds was a problem as well I think if you're looking as a whole over this stretch without him um, you know the Hornets have struggled to rebound the ball they've struggled to defend you know, protect the rim, things like that, giving up second chance points too. So uh, obviously they're both tremendous players. They're both very valuable to the Hornets. And a lot of it just comes down to matchups. You know, if you're facing a team that's really good at this, 
you're going to want, you know, one guy more so than another guy. So uh, in a perfect world, I'd like to have both of them back as soon as possible. So uh, I think we can both agree to that. Oh, well, that's a no-brainer. But if I had to pick one or the other, then now we're getting into splitting hairs and that sort of thing. But again, I understand the point, but I just felt like that offensive rebounding that Chicago had last night was just almost too much to overcome. I know the turnovers were an issue there, but Chicago was right there with the Hornets. The Hornets turned the ball over 17 times on the other side for Chicago, they turned the ball over 16 times. So, like, I mean, it's kind of like splitting hairs at that point a little bit. If you limit the turnovers, then sure. I mean, there's a few points here or there you're able to shave off. And I guess all things considered that the second chance points isn't that big of a spread points wise, but the offensive rebounds in general is a bigger issue. So I think it's one of those things where obviously you want to be able to control the pace. You want to dictate how the game is played. Chicago credit to them. They did a really good job of doing that last night where they slowed the pace down and they were able to play at their rate and what they wanted. So I get the LaMelo ball argument, but sometimes I feel like, especially in the NBA when it's a copycat league, sometimes you have to match your opponent a little bit. And I thought that Nikola Vucevic and Mark Williams would have been a better matchup for the Hornets rather than Nikola Vucevic and Nick Richards, who is still trying to get his way back into game speed more or less. And that's not a knock on Nick by any means or anything like that. I just feel like Mark, as a seven-footer, is able to match up a little bit better than a guy that is able to stretch the floor. So again, I think we're splitting hairs here. I think it could have been one way or the other, but we can definitely agree on just having both of them back in the lineup sooner rather than later would solve all of these issues for the Hornets. Oh, 100%. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, until then, they're just going to have to make the most of it. Again, we've said it, you know, a number of times. Everyone's dealing with injuries right now. you got to adjust, adapt, and, uh, you know, hope you get you guys back sooner than later. Adapt, improvise, overcome has certainly been the name of the game for the Hornets over the last, well, about 18 months or so. So hopefully it comes to an end sooner rather than later. We'll see what the latest injury report has tomorrow. We might be able to have an update for you on tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. But in the meantime, Sam Perley, thank you for joining me on this edition of the HHC. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And thanks for bantering with me as well in that third segment because, again, maybe I was a little bit off the rails, but I always appreciate a good sports debate with you. I know they're usually not Hornets-centered. I mean, sometimes they are, obviously, on the podcast, but sometimes we get a little off the rails in the office, so I always love a good little sports debate with you. Of course. Let's do it more often. And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. For Sam Perley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll talk to you tomorrow once again on a game preview edition of the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.